Hey folks, it's Jeff Salzman again. Welcome to the Daily Daily Evolver for October 18th, Wednesday, October 18th, 2017. And, you know, one of the things I love about this daily format is that I can just respond to things pretty quickly. And, um, and I want to actually talk a little bit about something that came up when I was talking to a friend yesterday. And she's a listener of, of the show. And um, she said, I really want you to help me uh, deal with this Donald Trump as the president. I'm just like bummed out and stressed out over this guy. And, uh, and I bet a lot of other people are too. <laughs> and I think that's true. And uh, it's really actually true of me. And so I want to talk a little bit about, you know, what we do when we're faced with something like this Donald Trump as president of the United States. And, uh, and we see that as a, a you know, a certainly unfortunate, but also dangerous situation and certainly stressful. And, um, and so, you know, I was thinking about that and I, was, I thought back to back in the day when I used to produce adult education seminars and businesses and so forth. And assertiveness training was always a, a big thing. And, um, and we would talk about when you uh, ran into a stressful situation, that there's, you really have three choices. One is to change the situ situation. Two is to change your response to the situation. And third is to leave the situation. And, um, and so let's just look at all of those. It's a nice way of sort of organizing some response and, and sharing some of what I'm doing to, you know, still live a happy life. You know, it's a I mean, the most beautiful week here in Boulder imaginable, this beautiful fall color, 75 degrees, crystal blue sky. And, you know, you don't want to spend unnecessary time uh, suffering uh, when uh, God has given us so much here. And, it, you know, part of appreciating is, is part of how one is grateful for it. So just want to sort of, that's part of my motivation. All right, so first, change the situation. All right, now clearly we can't change the situation that Donald Trump is president, not in the short term. But, you know, maybe we can actually. And I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because this is basically activism. And actually, if you're interested in integral activism, we're doing the Integral Living Room coming up here in a few weeks. Uh, IntegralLivingRoom.com if you're interested. And the topic is integral activism. And, you know... People can get active in the resistance, however you see that. It, it actually is a very powerful, potent, satisfying way of channeling your frustration and anger about what's going on. And, um, you know, so in local politics, you can run for office, you can join uh, the, the, you know, Democrats. Uh, a, a lot can happen on the local uh, scene that you can actually affect that is part of, you know, what you're resisting in the Trump movement. Uh, you can help somebody you feel has been hurt by Trump or his policies. Uh, Corey DeVos last week talked about how he, um, you know, called and, and really uh, had a system of contacting our, one of our senators here in Colorado about Obamacare 
And the guy actually ended up with a sign uh, using his, Corey's uh, um, uh, situation. Corey has a daughter who has a, a, a liver transplant and used it in one of his campaign appearances. And so, you know, you can make an effect there. So that's that. Number two is to change your response to the situation. And this is really where the rubber meets the road here. Um, you know, anytime we want to grow out of suffering, just as a, a general principle, is that we want to see our suffering as an object instead of be our suffering as a subject. So I want to see my anger, my disgust, my fear, and really feel into it in my body, see where it is, see what's actually happening in my head. Because otherwise, we actually get addicted to suffering, uh, particularly anger, and even depression too. But anger particularly is very juicy. It actually literally gives us a lot of you know, adrenaline and, and you know, our subtle body gets all activated. And actually, what it is, is in a sense, all we modern and postmodern people have left over of the red strata, of the warrior strata, which, you know, in history was where we fought. And, and an activated red is angry. It, it's ready to take slight. It's thin-skinned. It's always looking for a fight. Uh, it vilifies it, who it sees as its opponents. We see them as monsters or fools. We make fun of them. We're afraid of them. We lay, we lay awake at night wondering what they're plotting. We plot against them. It's juicy and powerful. And if you want to have a good exhibit A of red in action, we can look at our dear leader, Trump, is... You know, I've made the case in many podcasts that he's in many important lines of development arrested at red. Uh, and, um, and that's what you have. And we, re we actually react to that to the degree that we have disowned our own power. You know, so, so we want to look at that. We want to make that whole constellation object instead of subject. So I'll, I'll demonstrate. So I, here's my, you know, working on my own trumponosis. <laughs> All right, so I see Trump, an image of Trump in my head. I think about him. I feel a sort of a contracted disgust in my belly, in my upper chest. I can continue to watch that. I can penetrate that with more awareness. So I can see that I have a body response and it's changing, sometimes fast, sometimes slowly, but I just maintain contact with that over time, over minutes. So then I see what's going on in my head and I can see him in a microphone. I can see his big fat ugly face. And then I notice that there's a narration going on that his face is big fat and ugly. And so I'm teasing apart the suffering into its component parts in my, you know, upper quadrants and in, in me, in my um, my consciousness and in my body, in my subtle body and in my physical body, and I'm teasing apart what part is narration, so thought as talk, internal talk, dialogue, what part is imagery, and what part is 
um, physical. And that is, you know, there's a relief in that. Uh, another thing that I think really integral calls us to do when we're dealing with this sort of, you know, finding ourselves, you know, contracted around our side in this great political polarization that's going on in the country. And that the practice is the, the, the practice of exchanging self for other. So exchanging self for Trump or Trump supporters. And, you know, you actually do want to do that. You want to uh, respect that Trump supporters have a reality. They live in a world space that is different than yours. And they make sense of things differently. They have different receptors for what they actually take in. They come to different conclusions. They have different values. And, uh, and, and you, you want to talk to them if you can. And you can definitely talk to them on the internet. But you can also go, I, I think of, uh, you know, Chuck and I went out east to where I grew up. And that's Western Pennsylvania. And we went up into the Allegheny Mountains where we um, visited a place where we had a hunting camp when I was a kid. And there's a city up there deep in the forest. I mean, you go through miles of forest before you come into this little town on a hill called Kane, K-A-N-E, Pennsylvania. And Kane was a great um, uh, industrial boom town in the 20s, about 100 years ago. And it's where they did lumbering and they made scissors and they made handles and they made windows and they had a pottery shop and they had a glass works. And it's actually a grand little town. I mean, there's beautiful buildings and beautiful homes and a lot of public buildings that are grand, but not anymore. You know, they're just hollowed out. I mean, the main street has a, a, a goodwill. It has maybe a little bar. It has a tattoo parlor. You know, this, these are all these towns up the river from Pittsburgh. Uh, the, these grand, beautiful homes are in disrepair. Some of them are empty. Uh, and you just wonder what people are doing there. And what happened, of course, was modernity came in. And, 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 and of course, a modern system sees the world and sees that, wait a second, we can make scissors a lot cheaper in China. And so let's put our scissors works there and, and glass and lumber and the whole bit. And, um, and then of course the modern people in Kane, like me and growing up in Newcastle, Pennsylvania, I had a modern sensibility. I was gonna go to the city, big, big city where I could be part of this global system. And who's left then are the traditionalists the people for whom home and hearth, religion, my people, my customs, my way of life, that matters more than this heading out to the, you know, new horizons of modernity. And they actually find that to be empty. And they have a piece of the truth. And as you'd ride around these towns, you would wonder why anybody there would vote for the system as it is. And you would see why people would want to vote for somebody who would come in and, and, and blow it up. 
because it really has been uh, it, it, it it's it's sad, and um, and people won't take it for long, and uh, Donald Trump is their vehicle, as imperfect as he is, and even they know it. So you just exchange self for other, and you know walk in their shoes and see through their eyes and that sort of thing, and that you find that that softens the sort of hardened um, I it. Um, you are my opponent, you are the enemy, you are the, the, the thing who was bad and wrong and must be stopped. And that whole cascade that leads to, you know, the kind of polarization that a lot of us find ourselves in. So we work with that. And I'm actually, at, at the end of this, I'm going to uh, 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 play a little bit from um, Byron Katie, who is brilliant at working with our own shadows around um, the kind of thinkings where, where it's really a, a, a beautiful bullseye in this territory of change how you respond to the situation. So there's that, and, um, and I'll get to it. Uh, so the third thing then is we, we change situation, politics, we can change how we respond to the situation, or three, we can leave the situation. And of course, I'm not gonna leave America and, and the president of the United States is an influence of the world and I'm not gonna leave the planet. So, um, but here's what I have, here's what I've done. Here's how I've, I've backed off of the situation. I still do my morning routine. I'm a, I'm a news junkie. I've always been a news junkie. I read the morning papers and for the last, I don't know, 10 years, I guess, I've been watching Morning Joe. Uh, on, on MSNBC. And, you know, I find that Morning Joe, Joe Scarborough, he has a, a voice that I can respond to, the, the way he thinks I could relate to. And so what I, what I get from him, I can kind of trust. And, you know, so he's my guy, uh, just for that sort of morning scene. And then I read the New York Times and I, whatever. Uh, my friend, actually, who... Um, brought this up yesterday, Jennifer, she watches Pod Bless America or listens to Pod Bless America. And, and you know, she finds that th those guys there and there are a lot of Obama's guys, John Favreau and those guys who have a podcast. And of course, they're part of the opposition resistance. And she that's that that's her people. So, you know, I think you want to find that. And then, you know, for me, I think as an integralist, you also want to be checking across the spectrum. So, you know, I look at the intercept over with Jeremy Scahill and Naomi Klein and, you know, Huffington Post and Daily Beast and Fox and Breitbart and just see what the headlines are. And then other than that, I'm kind of done, you know, I'll check back maybe later. But here's what I don't do that I used to do. And that is just be plugged into it all day long. You know, I mean, I'd have the, the nonstop news shows and I have all of my TVs hooked up to one controller and I can walk through the house and pause and change and all of that stuff. And so I had, you know, a whole DVR full of Brooke Baldwin and Shepard Smith and Chris Matthews and Anderson Cooper and Sean Hannity and, you know, all of them. And I would watch them, you know, nonstop. And, and what I realize is that, you know, I don't, where it's gotten, I don't want to be. I don't want to dance to the tune of Donald Trump every day. I just can't do this endless white Bronco chase of, you know, his latest tweets. 
And, and, and I get that they kind of have to. Uh, I, I think we're realizing that we um, have a president that we have to discount what he says. And I don't think we're there yet. And, and, and you know, so until then, everything a president of the United States matters and you have to follow it. And as poor people have to do that, but I don't. Thank God. And I, I, I think of something John McCain said about Trump. He says, I pay attention to what he does, not what he says. And I like that. I pay attention to what he does, not what he says, as much as possible. You know, it's, it's hard when it's the 24-hour Trump show. Uh, but I, I do. I do my best. And I also um, resist, you know, comfort food. Uh, the, the the news that, you know, is really tuned to my sensibilities, particularly the sort of progressive sensibilities. And, and I noticed even lately for me that even Morning Joe, which is a very influential show, you know, all the powers that be watch it. Uh, and, and it really sets an agenda for Hollywood or for Hollywood, probably Hollywood too, but Washington and how people think and so forth. And, and I'm, I'm noticing that, that he's going a little bit on the progressive comfort food um, um, line. And, you know, this morning it was this outrage over how Trump uh, dealt with a war widow, uh, a, a woman whose husband was killed in Niger. And, um, and how he said to her that, well, he knew what he was signing up for. Your husband knew what he was signing up for, although I don't think that makes it any easier. And that was, that was his offense. And, you know, I, I don't see it. I mean, ham-handed, maybe, yes, but worth the first 20 minutes of the most influential sh news show in the country, you know, uh, and, and imagine if the tables were turned and it was Obama, uh, you know, being criticized for something he said that wasn't just right. And um, to a war widow. And, you know, so, you know, I go over to Fox, Fox News, and, and their, their thing is completely on the other side. And, and they're criticizing this Frederica Wilson, who was a congresswoman who came out and made it all public. She listened to the call, was on a speakerphone with the widow. And in their, their, their little crawl across the bottom of the screen was Dem blasts Trump's con condolence call to a widow. Dem blasts Trump's condolence call to widow. And so, you know, the beat goes on. And um, I don't know. It's, um, there's plenty to criticize Trump on without spending so much time on that. And I, so I, I'm wondering if I have to sort of moderate my consumption of even that show. So anyway, those are the three things. Uh, and actually, there is a fourth that we can look at too, and that is that we can just sort of continue to suffer. We really can, that is an option. And it's an actual option. I mean, if, if that's what's arising in your karmic stream, and it's really powerful, and it's really um, you're really drawn to it, and it's really interesting to you still, uh, you know, hating Trump and being repulsed by Trump and letting Trump ruin your day and being depressed by Trump and being addicted to Trump, then, you know, who am I to try to talk you out of it? I mean, it, 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 it doesn't work is, is the main thing. 
And I remember when I was doing my chaplain training at, at my program at Naropa, and I was actually a, a chaplain at the hospital for a couple of years. Um, the, the key of the training, and this is a Buddhist inspired chaplain training, pastoral training, is that we have to be careful that our natural inclination in comforting a person who is suffering is to do it in a way that actually relieves our own suffering. It's, you know, so we, their pain, somebody lost a loved one, you know, somebody lost a job, got a bad diagnosis, whatever. Their pain is so painful to us that we want to help them get rid of it and get over it because that'll make us feel better. And so, you know, we minimize it. We explain to them that the person they lost is in heaven. That another love will come along. They'll get a new job. There'll be a new treatment. I heard of a friend who's doing this. And, you know, the Trump version of that is that, you know, everything's going to work out. Uh, there's only so much damage Trump can do. In the bigger picture, he may be seen as a great, you know, blower up of a lot of calcified hypocrisies. and. I think that there's truth to all of that. But, you know, you don't want to explain that to a mother or a father of a sick kid who's distraught over the possibility of losing their insurance. And so the harder thing is to be with them in their suffering. And, you know, in whatever way sort of shows up, as long as you're pouring your attention into them, as you would pour water into a sponge. I remember that teaching and I love that teaching. And so I remember myself when I was going through a period of intense suffering and anxiety and fear, how much I appreciated people who would make contact with me in that way and how rare it was and how I felt with people who were not willing or able to you know, touch into that pain and fear with me. Uh, but when people would, you know, sit and listen or just sit, um, just how much ground that gave me and how much space I had to get my bearings. And, you know, you can do that. And this is where integral thinking comes in handy again, this evolutionary thinking is that you can just trust emergence. You know, I remember something my friend Namali said when we were talking about, you know, faith in God and, you know, Amber and all of this stuff. And she said, I trust, I have faith in emergence itself. And I love that. And there's just a natural healing, a natural growth that people go through with suffering. And we notice it in ourselves. There's a wonderful Tibetan word. I don't know, wonderful the word. It's, a, it's nigden. It's one of those Tibetan words with no vowels. But at any rate, it, 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 it describes this place that you get with Trump or with whatever problem or where you, you know, you just want to finally just throw in the towel. You just want to puke. You know, you just can't take it anymore. And that that moment when you finally just get to the dead end, that that's a potent opportunity for liberation because you move through it, you know, and, um, you know, that's been, uh, that's really helpful. And that the, 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 you know, feeling in, I remember my root meditation teacher, Shinzen Young saying that all suffering wants is for you to really feel it, you know, and so we, you know, tease it apart into our, the components of body, 
thought is imagery, thought is narration. And, you know, give it some space. And it, there's a liberation there. Uh, one of the best practitioners of this is Byron Katie. And I'm going to see if I can play some of this recording that actually Namali uh, sent to me. It's a YouTube of her doing work on a woman who is um, hating Trump, <laughs> hating on Trump. And uh, Byron Katie is a uh, sort of a spiritual tradition or spiritual teacher of no tradition. She just, uh, you know, said, I got something here and I'm sharing it. And she's become a very influential teacher. Uh, and, and I think very evolutionary. I think, I don't know whether she knows integral theory or doesn't, but she has an evolutionary sensibility. And a lot of people are integral without knowing anything about it. They're just there, you know, that's, and, and so she, you know, she has this sort of second tier thing where she talks about how we have to move beyond fear because fear takes up all the space. And that once we move beyond that, what we see is wisdom. You know, what's there is wisdom. And that's very much the teachings of even first tier and second tier, first tier strata of development, this first six strata that we have, are all based on some fear, uh, some idea that things went terribly wrong <laughs> and we're to blame. Uh, and that moving into second tier is the movement into a, uh, a loving, wise space where you're really uh, motivated, not out of fear, but out of contribution and creativity. So I love her emphasis on that. She's also very multi-perspectival. Um, and you'll see in this, uh, and if I can't play it, by the way, um, I'll link it in the um, write-up. But she says, people are not who we believe them to be because we believe it. So the people who voted for Trump, she said, if you believe the thoughts that they believed, you would vote for Trump too. You'd have to. And, you know, so she's moving this, exchanging self for other and, you know, having her students do this. And then just the idea of waking up, she's very much about just waking up to reality as it is and being friendly to the world as it is. And that, you know, all life is bliss for he who has no preferences. And how our opinions, as she says, put a blanket over the world. And I love that about her too. And she does this really simple method where she has people come up with a stressful thought. And then she just does a frontal assault on this thought. It's, it's a system that she calls the work where she, you know, she asks you, is it true? Can you know absolutely it's true? Can you turn it around? And she's just really de deconstructing these thoughts that, you know, if you believe them, you of course you're suffering. And then there's this big turnaround and whatever. So here she is, and I'm just going to leave it with this. Um, and we'll see you tomorrow when we talk about cryptocurrency with um, Ryan Olke. Uh, and, uh, and Corey will be back. Corey's gone today here. And so I'm going to play this or I'll link to it if it's, it's not being played. And she's, deal uh, she's working with a woman who uh, is just all upset about Trump and Trump supporters. And she has all of the, these fears about nuclear war. And she, you know, she does this whole worksheet with all these fears and does this process with them of turning them around and so forth and sort of challenging them and whatever. And so she's doing this live work with Byron Katie here. And, uh, and if you can watch the whole thing, it's probably 
Uh, let me see how long it is. Uh, it's going to be 14 minutes. And there's stuff at the end with a, a, a black woman who is mad at the white women. And, you know, and it's, it, there's a, a couple things going on here that are really, I think, juicy. And I'm playing the last 14 minutes. There's actually uh, the link that I'll put on here is actually 40 minutes. So um, if you want to go watch the whole thing on YouTube, there it is. Okay, thanks, folks. We'll um, see you tomorrow. And here is, if I do this right, Byron Katie. I've, I've been trying to wake the F up and I'm stuck. Well, trying didn't give me a lot of answers. They came when I got really still through the questions. I ask, I open, I notice, I realize, and this consciousness shifts. Okay, I don't ever want. I don't ever want to experience the fear and anxiety that Trump and his supporters have caused me ever again. His supporters are the cause of your anxiety, is it true? They voted, darn. <laughs> I mean, this is a democracy, we vote. So his supporters are the cause of your anxiety, is it true? I gotta say yes. And what supporters are those? How many of them some, have you met? Some of them are relatives. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so are you the black sheep in the family, or are they the black sheep in the family? I don't know. It could be you just all have a vote. You get to vote out of your own mind. I mean, I got anxiety when someone in the room yesterday shouted, he's going to make America great again. It's like, oh, they're here. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to do I the work on Trump. They're going to attack me when I leave the room. <laughs> we all have a vote. If you believed the thoughts that they believed, you would vote for Trump, too. You'd have to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they're guilty of thinking? Yes. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, the prejudice that the left is holding, I don't know. It's true. Uh, That's true. But it's okay because we're right, we're right. right. <laughs> you know what the right is saying? You know, yeah, it's true, but we're right. You know, can you stop believing what you believe in the moment you believe it? Try it. You can't. We're, that's it. We're equal in that. People who voted on the right have every reason in the world to do that. Just like your vote on the left. I get that. Anything less than getting that, it's war. It divides a country, and, and then we blame it on Trump or them. And 
My parents grew up uh, in Germany during World War II. They were little kids. So when I came to the school, you did the work with me about Nazis. Well, I was down there, but um, I also like to blame Hitler for my fear and anxiety. So that's what you're moving forward here. And Mm -hmm. sweetheart, that's a lot. That's a lot. But it's not more than you can deal with because it's yours. That's, that's your thing. Yeah, that's my thing. I once had a, a counselor who said to me, you're a second-generation war victim. And I loved that. Like, someone understands. But, you know, then there's victims or violent people. And that whole thing of, like, grabbing onto that identity... Wanting to be understood as someone who had these things. Who suffers legitimately. Yeah, yeah, it's legitimate suffering. It's like I suffer legitimately and, let's see, I'm still suffering. (laughs) Suffering is suffering. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's been this crazy story, like if people got it, if they understood my suffering, then I'd be better. Then I'd stop suffering. This is all bullshit. I'm good, Katie. You you, you know, sweetheart, you have just made America great again. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Trump helped me do it. Yep. <laughs> he he brought me here. That's why I'm no. here. It's the nuclear. The nuclear. The first day I was like, "What? You're talking about your girlfriend not saying hello in the grocery store? We've got Trump." <laughs> you know, like everyone should be doing Trump. <laughs> Suffering, the suffering, is, that's what I'm addicted to. The question, you know, what are your addictions and compulsions? That's it. Yeah. Suffering and attempts to control. Suffering and attempts to make that suffering real. Yeah, with this weird idea that that makes it go away. Okay, so, yes, the lady in the back. Thank you so much for doing your work. And I really wish that I was able to get a lot more relief out of it, but I have not been able to. And I, I understand, you know, Donald Trump has a right to run. He has a right to pursue his ambitions. And my annoyance is I, and I have, I've done the worksheets and I haven't been able to find any relief, but my annoyance is that I feel like white women voted in Donald Trump. And, you know, like the numbers are like 93% of black women voted for Hillary, 68% of Latino women voted for Hillary, and then 53% of white women voted for Trump. 
And it kills me because I feel like historically we've all been taught of like white women being, you know, the embodiment of women's empowerment and freedom and going around and teaching it and being kind of the, the face for feminism. And then the one opportunity that they had where their vote was really going to make a difference, they failed. And it's really been one of those things that's annoying me. Also, they succeeded. Their candidate won. It's like people are not who we believe them to be just because we believe it. So who disappointed you, them or you? I, I disappointed myself, but I still feel like... People aren't who you believe them to be necessarily. Yeah. It's just what you wanted, sweetheart. You know, there's a lot of fake news out there, and, and it doesn't matter in the world if it's true or false. The fake news is running here, and just, just a slim, just a sliver of that, an example is, if your mind were open to not believing what you think, then there's no way you could have been disappointed. When you're less disappointed, you're more in touch with wisdom. The way you navigate in the world is much wiser. And you could be right about the women. It's true. But you don't know. So when the vote comes in, you're not surprised. You're more fascinated, interested, informed, alive, curious. And that's where change takes place. Now that you mentioned that, I'm like, now I am kind of curious as to why the vote would there, have gone in that direction. There, You can have it instantaneously. Just keep doing your worksheets. Get still. It's like if I had the thought about white women, dun, 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 okay? And I believe that, so I'm working on that one. Okay, so every time I had connection or a thought about white women, they're going to show me what's true, what's not, what's true, what's not. And I learn and grow from it. I'm informed from it because I'm not coming out of prejudice. So anytime I believe he is this, they are that, she is that, I am building prejudice. It's that artificial intelligence that overrides intelligence. It's fake news. Thank you, Katie. You're welcome. Yeah. This wonderful man walked up to me this morning and thanked me for my work on Trump, like lots of you have been doing. And I went to hug him, and he went like this, and I said, oh, you, you have something contagious. And he said... Well, I'm a Trump supporter. <laughs> Where are you, friend? Are you here? You don't want to stand up? Um, and so I just wanted to hug him all the more. Um, such a sweet man. Well, who needs the hug, him or you? Yeah, me. Me. He, he told me why he voted uh, the way he did, and it just melted my heart. So thank mm -hmm. you, friend. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because um, he thought it would break up the gridlock or whatever you call it, the thing in Congress, the way things are not moving. He felt like that would change, shake things up. Yeah. Yes. Um, <clears throat> um, I wanted to out myself as the white female Republican. 
And I'd be happy to give you a hug. So if you'll go collect that, if that's... <laughs> and I, yeah. What I got Good. from this, what I got from what you said was the fear about them and us, it's always there. I had no idea how fearful you were of me. I had no idea that people disliked me so much. Mm. It was painful to find that out. And that um, I don't want to be disliked. I don't, I don't want you to dislike me because I'm a Republican. And when I die, it's not going to say that on my, my grave, you know. It's going to say I'm a good person. It's I'm, I tried my best or, you know. Yes. And I feel sad that people are so scared of change. And I want to embrace change and I want best for the world and everybody. And I appreciate it and I love these things. I've been to three of them and I've never talked and I was always afraid, but oh my God, now I'm outed, you know, as the Republican white girl. So, <laughs> hey, thank you. I've never really thought about politics very much. When I thought I did, it was more of just what my parents were regurgitating. Trump is only what I believe him to be in my head. I don't know who he is. I had a best friend who introduced me to the work. And I'm 23, and I get to free myself from my thoughts. I'm not seeing Trump. And maybe I will never see him. We'll never know. But that doesn't matter. I'd rather tear that piece of paper up than believe that it's Trump or my mom or my dad or the boy who incited the entire class to kick soccer balls at me in eighth grade. He can kick a soccer ball and hit me in the face and break my nose. All I need is a surgery. <laughs> That's all.